off the ball. It's not okay for him to be fine in a test match like that. It's a fulcrum position where everything runs through nine and ten. You don't get to be fine in in matches like that where you start. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top of it, goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I'm Kathleen McNamee and joining me are former Irish internationals Emma Byrne and Karen Duggan. Now, Karen, we had some big signing news during you, which you kept so quiet from us. We never would have guessed that you're loyal to the core to Mount. <laughs> no, never would have guessed that I'm staying at the club I've been at for five years. <laughs> um, yeah, not really news to me, to be honest. I just think we're starting to, everyone's starting to kind of announce the people who are re-signing and things like that. Um, I'm going on holidays, so get it done, you know? <laughs> And what is the feeling around the club, though? Because obviously, like we've talked about on the show before, there are new people coming into the league. There's kind of been questions around P-Mount and like the the commitment to the club for next year. Like, I know you're loyal to them and you've been there for five years, but what what else, I suppose, is going on in the project that really like made you want to stay? Um, oh God, there's a lot of elements to it, to be honest. Um, the people around P-Mount are just fantastic people could not be around better people personally. Um, everything that I need to motivate me for a season, I already have at P-Mount. Um, we've got some new things coming into the team um, to freshen things up. Obviously, we took one dip in last year's season and people kind of have written us off because of that. And they think that Rovers are just going to come in and kind of pluck whatever talent they want um, from around the league. And I don't think it's as simple as that, uh, based on what I'm hearing from various people. And we have brilliant young players coming through. Um, I think it's a really exciting time to be at P-Mount. Obviously, it's going to be difficult for us to compete long-term as we do move towards the semi-professional kind of realm. There has been an injection of money into the league from a lot of clubs um, already, and that's going to turn people. But it's an unknown quantity at the moment. And what I do know is what we have at Piment, fantastic facilities, fantastic people, really strong youth structure, um, really good coaching staff. So um, I'm excited for the new year. I'm, I'm really excited. Even though a lot of things are staying the same, there's enough new things to get us all kind of, well, anyone who's committing to the team, uh, really excited about the new season. And generally the feedback I'm getting from the girls who are staying is that they kind of feel the same. Well, I'm excited that we have another epi- or another season of Koi Gig, I should say, where we get to see you through your pre-season. One or year. <laughs> and you coming onto the podcast every week being like, why did I do this to myself? Yeah, crippled. Week? Still <laughs> crippled on a Monday. But you look, must be done. And what about you, Emma? What was the most exciting part of your week since Karen had her big news? <laughs> That, that must that, have been it, surely. the most exciting part of my week. Um, no, because we were kind of speculating. Karen's going to move. She's going to go. But I should have known. I should have known. You stay loyal to the cause. Um, most exciting part of my week. Well, I did get to go to the Emirates, which was very exciting for me because I haven't been back since uh, my move to Spain. So that was nice. Was- yeah, you did a great job on the commentary. Just yeah, I turned on the TV and I was like, it's Emma. <laughs> <laughs> 
thanks very much. Uh, no, but it was really cool because I, you know, I lived up there for 17 years and I hadn't been back. So just going around, mainly recognizing the pubs. A lot of the pubs are still there. <laughs> and I got to catch up with some of the girls as well the night before. So um, luckily it was a later kickoff. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Is it weird that none of us are really saying we were so excited about the kickoff of the World Cup? Men's World Cup? Not weird for me. That yeah. would have required me to have been excited about it. Exactly, yeah. Instead, weird. Think- it's a weird feeling. I don't know if it's because there was no build up because any build up there has been is so been so profoundly negative because it's just been married by so much controversy. But yeah, it just it just doesn't feel the same as it did in previous years. No, I literally have no interest in watching it at all. Yeah. Like it just it's, it's it, very it just feels uncomfortable or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit strange because usually I love it. Mm, I'm saying working it on it. Usually I'm like watching games and the build up to it to make sure I'm in a good place. And I just haven't been doing any of that. But I tell you what I have started watching is that FIFA documentary on Netflix. Yeah. And I mean that- it's nothing we didn't know, but seeing it all together is Ugh. No, but you hear things, don't you? Oh, yeah, there's yeah. been this done and that money under the table, blah, blah, blah. But actually, when you're listening to these very educated people speaking, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, this is nuts. Like, what's going on? So uh, that's what I've been watching lately, to be honest. And I'm going to um, straight after this, I'm going to go on to it again. Um, but it's a shame, isn't it, really? Because for, for me, it's the timing as well. What? I mean, what is going on? Why? I know why, but why? Yeah. <laughs> why? See, I don't actually have as much of a issue with the timing of the World Cup because I think, like, realistically, it's awkward for us in the Northern Hemisphere and it's like a winter, uh, I was going to say Olympics, it's a winter tournament for us and it's in the middle of the Premier League season, but, like, plenty of other countries and leagues have coped with this before. So while it is unusual, I don't find it that bad and maybe it's just because I've worked the last couple of ones as well that... It just, I'm, I'll be working it anyway, so it doesn't really make as much of a difference. Yeah, but Both I, of your faces are like, no. <laughs> um, no, don't get you really. No, no, but for me, the big time, I look forward to the big teams, right? The England, France, Italy, Spain, all those teams. Well, Italy aren't even yeah. in it, which is strange anyway. But, um, and of course, those seasons all run together. So for me, it should be. You have September to, to May and then you've got the World Cup in the summer and it just totally, like my whole year is scheduled around it. Like, oh, mm. holidays are coming, World Cup, what a summer. Now I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even watched I haven't watched any games. I haven't watched, I don't did even you know. Not, did you not watch the classic Qatar v Ecuador opener? No, I didn't. And do you know, usually I watch mainly for the celebration, the open ceremony, but I don't think rumors are they didn't even broadcast it, right? Mm. Well, the BBC didn't, and but apparently they don't normally show all of it anyways. Apparently they do normally only show clips of it because everyone thought it was a bit more of a political statement, which I thought was unusual coming from the BBC at the time. Um, but I thought like the way they used the time was great. And even like Alex Scott today, before the England game wearing, you know, the one love armband, flipping armband has turned into such a big thing when it really shouldn't. But um, I think they've used their coverage quite well so far to highlight the things they need to highlight. 
Um, yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna believe you on this one. I, I trust you. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're gonna take a real stance, you wouldn't be there. And it's at the end of the day, that's it. You wouldn't watch it. You wouldn't be there. You wouldn't be broadcasting it. Um, if you wanted to to make a real stance about it. But uh, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, I'm not really that strongly opinionated about about it to be honest, because so many footballing avenues are. Uh, sponsored by certain countries that we don't agree with human rights or or mm. their political stance it's it's very much involved in in you know the etihad the emirates they're all supported by countries that somebody will have a problem with so i mean there's there are lots of problems going on with football lots too many and it all boils down to fifa really <laughs> so Mm. Watching that um, documentary, Infantino getting in was it for a third straight term unopposed? unopposed. So yeah. yeah, it's not like it's going to be changing anytime soon. I genuinely thought when I heard his speech on Saturday that it was a parody. Like I thought someone was kind of just making fun of the whole situation. I didn't realize it was actually from him. And then when I did, I was like, "This man is either so delusional that he just doesn't see what he's doing, or his ego is so big that." Again, he just can't see what he's doing. He just believes he's right. And I'm going to say it was the latter, to be honest. Yeah. Smart enough, um, but tone deaf. Um, he's he's covering up for the old guards that are gone, but he doesn't seem to be too far away from what they were at, the likes of Platini and Blatter and stuff. So it'll take a long yeah, time so- to reform that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you would want to be any part of that. Surely you'd want to like clean break. Okay, we've uh, washed our hands of it. Um, but it is funny because when I am watching that, I'm watching for certain people in the, the in the committee. Like I'm, I'm like waiting to see maybe a John Delaney or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where are they? Where are they? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh... It's mad though as well, and I keep thinking, because say this is like the men's World Cup, like how is it going to influence tournaments on the women's side in the next couple of years? Because it's one thing with the men's teams rocking up, but how, you know, like you had, say, Katie, like Leah Williamson, quite a few of the Arsenal players, Lotwin Moy, all saying they weren't going to watch it. They were supporting, well, not Katie, but the other ones, they were supporting England, but they weren't particularly interested in watching it. Like what do players like those do? who are, you know, they have been a lot more vocal on a lot more causes than a lot of the men's that teams that are there have been. So if they are put in that position... And- yeah, I don't know, would they be as vocal if it was their own World Cup? I mean, at the end of the day, you want to play in a World Cup. Um, I think the player, I think the players have spoken out about the fact that they don't agree with it, but they're in this position because delegates, possibly from their own country, from other countries, were willing to sway their votes for money. Um, so it's not I don't think the onus is really on the players it's more on I would say the associations and even governments to have stood up to this a long time ago as opposed to now mm, definitely but is that going to happen? probably not <laughs> but luckily for us we do still have the Women's Super League and the Champions League and all those other fun things going on to at least give us a little bit of football since we're not all that excited about the World Cup and um, the Koi Gig Pod on OHB Sports is an association with Cabri FC official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland Women's National Team and um, we are still running our competition where you can win some very nice equipment for your club so thanks to our partners at Cabri we're 
supporting Irish women's grassroots football and giving away all the net profits for our most recent Cabaret Roadshow in Vicker Street. We're giving you the opportunity to win €1,000 worth of equipment for your local grassroots adult club. It literally could not be simpler to win. All you have to do is contact us with your club details and contact information at the Koi Gig Pod at offtheball.com. Terms and conditions apply. Head over to otbsports.com for more. Now, coming up next, Emma Carroll's on a little break because she had her hen party at the weekend, which is very, very exciting. So instead, Miss Emma Byrne has done her team of the week. So that will be with you next. you took the mantle from the other Emma so we're, we're keeping some consistency in our team of the week and did your version how did you find the experience um I am more than happy for Emma to continue <laughs> this I don't want to stand on anyone's toes and also it is way more difficult than it seems I prefer <laughs> just throwing pelters at her yeah. and saying I disagree it's so much easier for sure it's definitely um, a lot more fun like I, I've done it once or twice and every time I'm just like please Karen please be nice to me because I can't <laughs> do this <laughs> I'm always nice <laughs> no um, I I wanted it to be a little bit controversial as well because um I mean you, you want to argue I mean everyone loves an argument so I'm waiting I'm waiting for Karen oh, come on give it to I'm me ready. Yeah. I'm well, ready do you want to list out your team Emma and then okay. we'll let Karen let her Okay, so in goal, we have Anne-Catherine Berger. Right back, Ona Bagier, welcome back. Laya Alexandri, right side centre-back. And then Millie Turner from United. Leila Habi left back. So basically all Spanish apart from Millie Turner. Midfield, Lauren James, Katie Zellum, Rachel Furness from Liverpool. And then up front, Bunny Shaw, Rachel Daly and Izzy Atkinson, our very own. Nice to see a little Irish representation in there. The other Emma will be proud that you managed to. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, Karen, do you I'm have... try, like I'm I'm working hard to pull something apart here. Um I completely agree with Bunny Shaw being in this team every week from now on. I don't care, she's amazing. Um Lauren James probably similar. Just the strength and power of both of them. I don't see like the way City are playing. Bunny Shaw's she can create for herself. They're feeding her. Um, I she's on for golden boot, I'd say, possibly this year. Um, because Man City look look pretty good, even without hemp. I mean, it was an easy enough game for them. Um but Uhabi, who was that her first kind of start, I think? It's her second start, but she hasn't been getting in. Plus, she hasn't really been. She's she hasn't had any minutes either. Like it's different if she's on the bench and then coming on. She hasn't. Like I, I nearly forgot she was there to be honest. And she basically made a game-winning recovery at the end because they they were giving up a couple of chances towards the end, and that was phenomenal the way she tracked that ball the whole way back. So, um, actually, it's nice to see a new face in there. We are talking about goal saving tackles as well, possibly Longhurst in the last minute for West Ham, um, possibly in there instead of Alexandri. Yeah, maybe. I, I hear you. I hear you. But I just thought Laia was so good from minute one and she's she just has such an energy about yeah. her. Like and she was like going through players, even her own players at one stage. Her Dana Castellano was like floored from her. And I was like, yes, love it. So I, I had to put her in just because of her energy she brought. 
Um, and then with Layla as well, just the ball she was putting in for Bunny, like there was so much space, wasn't there, in between uh, the right back and the centre back. Yeah. And Layla was finding that every time, which City have struggled to do, that one-time ball up there. Um, I'm hoping she stays there because they need a bit of consistency. But um, yeah, oh no, I wasn't sure about. That was one I wasn't sure about. She did really well, I thought, first game back. But I was thinking about putting Bean Reuter in there because I thought she had a great game for Arsenal. And obviously she scored a very impressive goal as well. Yeah, I was just saying this could be a first that we don't have an Arsenal player in there, for certainly a first this season. Um, Actually, I was going to put Kim Little in there just to mess with all of it. Just because Arsenal missed her so much. I was like, I'm going to put her in my team of the week. Because such a good point because... It's not usually Katie Zellum that we pick out from the Man United team in terms of playmaking and stuff. We often go to Ella Toon. I think Russo possibly worth a shout, but I'm happy with your Irish bias to put Izzy in there. I thought Russo was an absolute handful. Um, but Katie Zellum just didn't let Arsenal get a hold of the midfield and it was it was strange. And it kind of just set the tone for the game, I thought, the way she closed down and um, she just got on the ball a bit too easy I kind of thought I thought they were just five ten yards off her the whole time and it was just easy for her backs to build up through her yeah I mean I thought United pressed so well but I thought Arsenal's midfield were poor and I love Jordan Nobbs but herself and Leah Velti just they just don't work well together they're making the same movements they're on the same passing lines a lot which basically meant that the defense only had one passing option it just didn't work for them yeah Nobbs was very quiet like in the first half yeah. I thought like well Arsenal were poor in general in the first half yeah I would have preferred to see Manum drop in there and, and Jordan even a little bit higher, especially if it's not working in the first 35, yeah, 40 yeah. minutes, changing it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I thought Katie was awesome. And her free kicks, she's probably one of the best um, free kick taker I've seen in the league. She's quality. She makes it so difficult for the defence and the goalkeepers. Yeah, and great header from Turner then. So she deserves to be in there, definitely. Um, good to see a Liverpool player in there as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm really surprised she doesn't start all the time. Yeah. Rachel Fern. I think I she's... always wonder about that. She like gives them something that they need this season, which is that person who's able to tap in a goal. Mm. And she just controls the midfield. Like she never loses the ball ever. And um, she's got great passing range. She scores goals. She's great in the air. Brilliant in the air. Um, yeah. That just surprises me, and I'm sure she's disappointed herself. Perhaps like. She does. She's not able to cover the ground like in that three-five-two. Is she able to go box to box? I'm not sure she is. But but there's often times that it's not box to box for Liverpool because their backs are against the wall and they need someone to grab hold of the ball and just yeah. calm it down for a, a couple of seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think she's quality. I think she should be starting for them, and I think she will be after that performance. And Rachel Daly is a striker. The, the end. She's just, the you end. would have thought it. She would have known. Full stop. No oh, more. Wow. <laughs> Even for England, I mean, she did such a good job up there. Um, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because they don't, they've never, not that they've never, but they've found it really difficult to find that out and out number nine, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel Daly is playing quality as that position for a club. Um. And she's great in the air. Like, that's what England do. They're good at getting balls into the box, crossing, set pieces. 
I mean, I can't see her playing left back for England. Can you? Well, between having Daly and Russo, like if you're going for that cross and game, both very strong in the air. Both I mean, an eye for I'd goal. like to know how how both Russo, Demi Stokes, the natural position players, how they feel about Rachel Daly coming in and playing ahead of them. Because if I was a number nine and I'm playing really well and they put the left back in my position, I'm going to be really, really angry. And then even worse if I'm a left back, because that's such a specialised position for me. It's I think it's worse the other way around because she was playing up front for her club, I mean, in America. Yeah. So I think it's actually worse for the natural left backs who saw her basically feature for the whole of the Euros. Yeah. No, no, no. Like Alex Greenwood, Demi, I wouldn't be happy if, if yeah. that were me. Greenwood in particular because I thought she was missed out. Like I thought, I think she's quality. Yeah. Speaking of, of Greenwood, I was a bit surprised to see her on the bench. She was dropped. Um, Esme Morgan yeah. put in there instead of her, uh, perhaps because of her England performance. Esme did quite well, but uh, re- like she's the captain as well, captain of the team. thought that was a bit of an unusual choice. Well, Emma, thank you very much for taking on. Good job, Emma. The week. That, that wasn't yeah. too bad. You didn't like yeah. totally crucify me. <laughs> well, it's because it's also the first one you do. And I feel like the first one, you always get like a little bit of an easier ride. But any other time you take it up, that's when, that's when the hard knocks are going to come in. Okay. <laughs> um, coming Emma, up come next. Back. Emma, who cares about your hen or your wedding or whatever? Come back. <laughs> No, hopefully she will be back next week, although we will be losing Karen then, so you'll be losing your main sparring partner. <laughs> because I had to go on holiday again. Now that the season... Off season, baby. Off season. <laughs> Great life. Where are you going? Give us the goss. Barbados. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have totally been born in the wrong era. Why wasn't I born a bit later? <laughs> All these players loaded, loaded now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's actually why I'm at P-Man. They're just paying massive <laughs> <laughs> Um, Coming up next on the show, we will be looking at all the different fixtures that happened over the weekend. So there were some interesting results over the weekend. Um, I mean, Arsenal United is probably the main talking point of them all. Emma, you were obviously there uh, and you've long said that these Chelsea Arsenal games, especially what Manchester United would be able to do in midfield was going to be a teller of tales for their season. And I think we see, we saw a very different United side. I know Arsenal were missing Kim Little in midfield and didn't look like they were really clicking, but even just psychologically from United, it looked like they had collapsed in the way that they normally do in those games. And then they roared back into it. Uh, I think is the only way to say it. Like I couldn't even get mad when Russo scored because I was just like, this is such a brilliant game. And (laughs) like, I don't know, just like the way end having like all the United fans, like packing it out. It just like, there was such a great atmosphere as well. You couldn't like help but get absolutely invested in it. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was an incredible game. Incredible crowd as well. Um, The problem for me was right from the start, how Arsenal started. They were very, very dead. They looked a little bit lethargic. 
And um, considering the crowd that was there, you'd think that would kind of like get them going, but they didn't. It was actually United who started much better. And that quietened the crowd down a little bit. So everything was in United's favour at that stage. And they were put they were closing down really well, putting a lot of pressure on them. Arsenal couldn't get out. It was like looking at a team, the Arsenal from three years ago when Kim Little was injured again, whether that's the reason, I'm not sure. But they just couldn't get out. They couldn't play through the midfield. They they weren't even trying to get it higher up the pitch, like just the long balls if you have to do it at the start because of United's press. They didn't do it. And I mean, they have Blackstenius, who's absolutely brilliant at running into the channels. They didn't do it. Like, it was just strange. All of their decision-making was slow. They looked tired. Uh, we spoke about them from set pieces. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they went, both teams went into that game. I mean, the stats, I don't like stats, but the stats <laughs> for this game was incredible. Like they were going for so many different records and um, they were going to go for their 19th unbeaten run, which would have been on par with the Laura Harvey set age. And, um, you know, it was just, so much to play for. It wasn't just a, a, you know, a game to stay on top of the league. No, there were so many records that they needed to to beat and they needed to maintain. And it didn't look like that. It just looked like they were went out kind of going through the paces a little bit. Um, and United were excellent. I mean, you have to say uh, Nikita Paris down that right-hand side was very good. But I did say at the start of the game um, that I always say it, like Katie McCade is, is not a left back. She's she should be playing higher up the pitch. We saw how well she does when she goes higher up the pitch for for the the second goal for Arsenal's second goal. But what United did really really well, they played down that side very well. Nikita Paris was doing really well. Onabaje didn't even get high up. So if that had connected well, I think Arsenal would have been in even more trouble. Um, and they were playing down that side a lot, and it worked. Uh, Katie did a great job, but it's very difficult if you're not that natural left back, because then Russo started drifting out that side and they were completely outnumbering um, Arsenal on that side and the midfield weren't getting back to help either. So they made it really difficult for Arsenal. And, and you know, the fact that they came back after Arsenal went ahead, I think it just, that's going to be the turning point of their season. That's going to be the point where they should make Champions League football, which is the ultimate goal for, for United. Um, and, you know, they were the only team to beat Arsenal at home last year as well. So they definitely have a psychological edge over them at this stage. Mm-hmm. I did wonder for several points of that game whether Nikita or Katie were going to come off the pitch with all their limbs intact because it was a ferocious battle between the two of them. Penno? And what were we saying on the Penno shout? I think it was a penalty personally. It was yeah. a penalty, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't Katie, I would have been 100%. It's a penalty. (laughs) But because it was Katie, I was trying to like, well, you know, she didn't like go in and tell. The ball was gone. You know. (laughs) It it was a penalty. It was a full-on GA shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that Nikita got the touch on the ball as well, like, I think it was a penalty. And actually, I think Katie was lucky not to get a yellow card in the first five minutes. I think she should have been carded. And I think that would have changed the game completely because on the other hand, Nikita got a yellow card and that changed the game for her. She had to be taken off because she should have been sent off, to be quite honest. She should have got a second yellow. Um, But 
it just changes their mentality. One one of them was going to get sent off. <laughs> and because Katie didn't get the yellow when she probably should have earlier on, um, I think it was a massive boost for her. But I think, you know, it's one of those games. There's always sending off. Like Beth Mead got sent off in a in a previous game with United. I mean <laughs> So it does get a little bit fisty cuffs in there. And that's what you want to see, right? You want to see that physical element. You want to see that those cards being given. And at one stage, you know, I was like, I think Caitlin Ford's going to get a yellow soon. Like it was, it was very good. It was very entertaining to watch, I have to say. I think it was like that though, because Arsenal were a bit shell-shocked because United don't usually establish a presence like that in those big games. They usually kind of tend to sit off and then maybe hope to hit on the break. But that wasn't the case at all. They came out on the front foot full of intensity and they were well worth their lead going in. And then they finished the game stronger as well. So you can't even say that, oh, it was just the first half performance. They had two chances before they got that third goal up in those 90 Oh, it was completely minutes. coming. Like it was, yeah, absolutely it was coming, coming. Absolutely coming. And now Arsenal made a couple of mistakes for those goals. Um, Em, I'd like your view on the third goal. Player in the hole, when it goes past that player in the hole, when you have someone not on the front post, should they not be dropping back on the post? Well, so, so for the corner. The, the corner, corner, yeah. I mean, I always wanted players on the post, the mm-hmm. two posts. I want the post covered. So for me, that's a bit strange um, that they didn't have that. But to be quite honest, it was a little bit easy for Russo, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, Caitlin, mm-hmm. Caitlin Ford was picking her up. There was a, there was a lot of traffic in there. Um, yeah, she did really well as, getting as well. through it. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's so strong. But as you say, Karen, for me, I would have had players on the post. That's what I want. That's that's what I'm asking for. Also, if it's in around that area, uh, I or I would like my keeper to come and affect it as well a little bit. Even though there are players in there, you go and you take everybody out. But I think, I don't think Zinsberg was in a great place that game. And because of her mistake as well, she's obviously not going to do it. So then you expect your players to do it, but have somebody on the post, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Last minute, get everyone back. I mean, especially I mean, when, you're you, under, when you're under the cosh that, that much. What? You used to do that for me, Karen. You used to be that player in the hole, remember? The blocker. Yeah. <laughs> get loaf in the way. <laughs> you would have just dropped in there if there was nobody there. You would have known better. <laughs> I would have known better is right. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you would have had a sore ear after it. <laughs> No, but I mean, talking about mistakes, there were a lot of mistakes around the league, to be quite honest, the goalkeeping mistakes. But that first goal, Ella Toon's goal. Yeah, that's a massive mistake. It's huge. I mean, what was Zinsberger doing? Like, first of all, her decision making. Like, are you going to go for it or are you not? Because for me, it looked like she she was neither there mm. nor here, here nor there. And then if she is going to go for it, are you going to try and catch it or are you going to try and punch it away? She didn't do anything. She just kind of touched it. And There's a few that she did came to and she just palmed away, which like instead of punching it, it was, it was, I don't know. She's, she's weak. Very unlike her. She didn't seem. She's weak in the air and she hasn't been challenged enough. Maybe that's it, yeah. For me. And mm. I think going into Champions League as well, if I'm watching that game, I'm on it. I'm like free kicks, corners, get in on her put it right in on her and somebody has to go in and affect her. 
Well, elsewhere in the title race, shall we say, we also had Chelsea do a very routine win over Tottenham 3-0. Aaron Cuthbert's goal, probably an early contender for one of the goals of the season. There was no one around her, but like... I told Emma on that one for the keepers. I think it's the keeper, personally. I mean, she's got to say... near post. I mean, not only that, she didn't move. Yeah. Like you can see it's moving. Just take a step to your left. I mean, and then she went with this, I'm going to do reenactment. I'm going to get up and go on the, my mat here. <laughs> she went with her left, which, and it was always, you could see it was moving. So if you're going to try and make that save, either just move your feet, which is the easier option. But if you're going to do a theatrical save or try to do a camera save, you've got to go with your right, over your right. You get more of a stretch. Um, I mean, personally I don't know why Rebecca Spencer wasn't playing anyway she for me she's a better keeper um, and Corbella has got those errors in her and against a team like Chelsea for me you should be playing your best keeper but I don't think it'll be goal of the season just for that simple fact I think it was a goalkeeping error that is very fair and then we had the news today that Pernilla Harder is out for a significant period after surgery so that's disappointing for anyone who likes to watch players like Pernilla Harder, but also for Chelsea as well. Um, I mean, we've seen them cope without her in the past and they've managed to do fine, but I'd say it is a bit of a headache, especially with the more packed season that we have this year. Rianne Skinner talked about squad depth during the game, something that we are after the game, something we've talked about quite a lot. And that was interesting. One player who we talk a lot about on the podcast and do generally Pick up as one of the better players. Ashley Neville didn't have the greatest game in the world. No, I mean, she gave away the pen, but I think that was outside the box. Um, but her positioning was all wrong. But she, I think she's a better fullback than a, a winger. Um, I know that they want her because she can get on the end of balls and she can create. But again, her natural position, she's for me, she's their best player. And you probably should play your best player in her best position. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're just asking too much of her. Yeah, basically want 10 Nevilles, don't they? And and they can't have it. So I totally agree with Karen. She is the best fullback in the league and now she's an average midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be disappointed with um, if with the first goal if I was Spurs. I think Zdorsky's attempt on a tackle at Kerr was just weak and then the three defenders backed off her and instead of any of them turning their body on the line, they all ran their backs turned and couldn't stop it. So we see that um, quite a lot with Spurs as well. Like they do yeah. back off and they do turn their backs and it's like they're almost afraid to close. And I think that's sometimes why Ashley Neville stands out quite a lot, especially in that team, because she is one of the few players that attacks the ball and attacks the, the attacker that's coming at running at her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's communication, isn't it? It's the same with Arsenal's goal from Manham. Communication, you have to bark at people who you want to go or if you're if you're not going to tell somebody to go you go the closest player to the ball near I mean basically but it has to come from behind somebody who can see the whole picture so maybe I don't know maybe it's the keeper I'm not going to blame the keeper again <laughs> but it's definitely players from behind and who should be like pulling those strings who needs to go and it needs to be very very quick um, and for me that would be needing experienced players in there to do that very, very quickly and very, very like strongly. 
and yeah. they just didn't seem to have it. It's the same with the um, man and skull. They just didn't have that player to demand that somebody goes. Mm. And I think the long ball game just worked for Chelsea again. They just have it down to a tee. I mean, was it's not? It's a clearance from Millie Bright. I think it's the luckiest ball ever. It's a class ball. It's brilliant. But she was just clearing that great space. I mean, it's what they do, don't they? Sam Kerr is the best player in the world at that. And again, for me, it's that lack of experience when you're in possession, you're a little bit higher up the pitch and nobody is, it's actually when you're most vulnerable. So you should be extremely organized when you're in possession and they weren't, they kind of switch off their ball watching and you just won't get away with that. Not with no Chelsea. Chelsea are the the most dangerous team to do that. Elsewhere, Manchester City beat Everton 2-1. We already talked a little bit about Bunny Shaw and some of the players in the team of the week, her eighth league goal, and she also got an assist in the game and a fifth consecutive win in the WSL for City. So they're kind of, in a way, where at the start of the season we were talking about how there was maybe some worries around City. They're kind of just like plodding along quietly. They're not necessarily shouting from the rooftops or anything, but they're... They're keeping a steady ship, which is probably a bit more than I think a few people expected them to do this season. Yeah, yeah. and they're still making changes to their team, though. They're still very, and like, different goalkeeper in again. Um, yeah, I mean, Ellie Roebuck's injured. Yeah. Which, I mean, for me, again, it's a strange thing, isn't she? She's so young, she gets these injuries. Mm. Um, didn't cover herself in glory for, for England. I mean... It's difficult. She's having a difficult time at the moment, but I don't understand all these changes. I mean, I know I'm a bit old school, but consistency, you need consistency. And I get it. You have to make changes for, because of injuries, but like your back five is generally. Yeah. And we're not, obviously we're not forgetting that city haven't really played anyone yet. Have Mm. they? And you need to get your team right before you play against now United against Chelsea, against Arsenal. You need to get your team right and they need to be confident. And at the moment, I'm I'm not even sure if if the manager knows what his first 11 is. And that's worrying, I think. Well, has Gareth Taylor ever really known what his starting 11 is? Like, ele- over the last season and a half, well, it's only halfway through the season, but... I, th- I just, uh, maybe it's just his way because you're right. I've never really known City to have that 11, I mean, going into a game, I think, how would I go into a game against City? I haven't got a clue. I have no idea because I don't know who's playing. Well, at the moment, I'd just double team Bunny Shaw and hope that <laughs> Lauren Hemp isn't playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it, exactly. You just covered those spaces and I just uh, as well, like because they haven't played any of the big teams, I think there's been a lot of mistakes when they play against City. That was Mark and I mean, that was a mistake they were marking her goal side, not channel side, where the space was channel side, just little things like that. Um, but in general, like to drop Alex Greenwood, the captain, who I think was, who was player of, of the year last year for them, by the way, and who's done nothing wrong since. That's the thing. Like, I, I haven't seen her put a foot wrong, really. No, no, she's playing well. And, and as well, really she's good. not get, having a great time with England. So if that's my player... And I'm a manager. I'm like, don't worry, you're playing for me. Yeah. Uh, you're my you're one of my best players. You're my captain. She needs confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And then like someone like Leilu Habi comes in who has a great game. I'm hoping now, okay, brilliant. You're staying. 
I, you're going to be my left back, but they don't have a clue who's going to play. So it's like constantly, even in, like it must be in training, you're not sure who's playing, you don't have that confidence. It can be really disruptive in a team. And I'd like to see a consistent team just for three games in a row for the whole season. Just to not going to happen, not a hope. And but what about, should we have, she's our PFAI player of the year, Courtney Brosnan, but again on the bench. Yeah, I mean, what what was the story there? Like Courtney has played really well. And usually I'm a little bit negative towards keepers if they make mistakes. Courtney hasn't made mistakes. She's done really well. So I'm not sure why she was put on the bench. Um, It's a strange thing for me playing against City. You want your best team again. But then again, there's some strange things happening at Everton. I don't know why, um, you know, they've got good good players, don't get me wrong. But for example, Beaver Jones, when she came on, I thought she was excellent. Why isn't she starting? She's a real threat. Like her movement was excellent. Changed the game a little bit for them. You know, why take her from Chelsea on loan and not, not start her? But I mean, you did say as well, I think I think it was you anyways at the start of the season that you did wonder if Courtney would manage to keep that starting spot in Everton with Ramsey coming in because she kind of has the younger English project side of things and that might benefit her more than Courtney. Yeah, I, I didn't think Courtney was going to start for, for Everton, um, but she has started and she's done well. So I'm not I don't understand why she's been dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing about keepers. If you're given the chance, you play. And that's why it's always difficult for another another good keeper to be at the same club because they're, ne- they're never going to get their chance unless they play the cup games or something like that. But obviously, um, yeah, they, they've chosen a different keeper. And now I'm just wondering, is it going to be difficult for Courtney to get back in? And this is a huge year for her. Huge. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And... As we have seen in the WSL, we'll always have one match that is slightly chaotic. And I think that uh, goes to Brighton and Liverpool this week, uh, that 3-3. You could probably throw it up with the Arsenal-United game, which was a bit chaotic as well. But I feel like this one was particularly so with Brighton being Chaotic in a more... In a very different... In a very different... Yeah, in a very different sort of way. Higher quality end-to-end. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, that was... uh, a mad game. And once again, we see Brighton struggling with their everything really like getting a lead, maintaining it, just like keeping their form, keeping their shape throughout a whole game. They just seem a little bit at sea. And I don't think it's necessarily just down to Powell leaving. I think it's probably like a club wide thing. They probably need a winter break or something just to, Get the head straight. Six games in anyway. You take them to Barbados next week and they'll be fine. <laughs> oh, it's more than Barbados they need. I mean, three one <laughs> up against Liverpool, put that to bed. Um now Liverpool did really well to come back into it. Um they showed a lot of fight considering they've had so um six six games, I think, on the bounce they had lost before that. Um so that's a really big point for them, particularly given Leicester couldn't buy a point if they wanted to at the moment like they're so poor as well Um, but really good point for Liverpool Yeah no it was it was really good and um, it was interesting to see how they came back because a couple of, player, couple of players in there that I would say were a little bit weak just looking at things on the pitch as well that was happening I'm not going to name any names but they they need like a bit of encouragement which is strange for me I mean my mentality is like go hard or go home type of thing 
But um, yeah, again, with Brighton, I thought they did really well. And I think they're playing quite well, but they just lose their way. It's like, again, they don't have that experienced player. They don't have that dogged player that that keeps the ball, that keeps them on top of things. Um, and of course, I think the subs for me were the big change. Furness coming on made a huge change um, to, to the game. I think having um, Shanice back. Yeah, I was just going to say she had two, goals, two goal involvements. And when you, yeah, she's, she's a big name player. Yeah. No yeah. matter what way and you she look has at the it. experience as well, where a lot of Liverpool players might not have like the higher level and they need a bit more of that. Well, you could hear her. You could hear her on, on the pitch and you could hear her trying to like get everybody going again. And she was like constantly talking to them. And you her, just the way she was moving around the pitch, her actions afterwards. I think she's going to be a big, big player for them if they can keep her fit. Like she, she kind of changed the balance of the game as well, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, my player, Furness, I thought she was awesome. She just keeps the, the ball so well. Um, but they do have to be careful about those wide areas. They're very, very vulnerable in that back three, the wide areas. Either they need to get working on how they're going to do that, like the the whether they're going to drop a wide midfielder back in when they need to. But I think they need they do. It's too often that it's the three narrow. Yeah. I don't I think it should ever really be like that for them. No, I mean, they can play. It doesn't really matter if they play with a three or a four. It just depends on how quickly the opposite player drops in to help. Um, but they're not doing it at the minute. They're staying a three <laughs> in attack and in defence. Mm. There's so much space in those channels. Mm. Um, but if anyone's going to sort it, Beardy will, because, you know, he he's a good manager. He's a good coach. Yeah. And finally, the last two fixtures, Aston Villa three, Reading one. Another disappointing result for Reading, but a great day for Rachel Daly getting her hat trick, as we mentioned earlier. And then West Ham one, Leicester nil. Our very own Izzy Atkinson getting her first goal for the club, which we love to see, especially in such an important year as we have already outlined to see players um performing well in the WSL so that is great for her and we will keep following that along that is all we have time for this week we will be well I say we will be back Emma oh, and I the hard workers me and the two Emmas will be here next week while Karen will be sunning herself in lovely Barbados but we will be back next week with all the WSL chat you could want um, thank you for listening and see you next week The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.